much for tuning in to Movie Geeks United. Tonight, we are featuring an interview that is 10 years in the making, and uh, our co-host, <laughs> Dean Treadway, is the one that uh, nabbed this uh, particular guest that uh, we've been rabid to, to feature on the show for quite some time, uh, and that is Burt Reynolds, one of the coolest movie stars in the history of movies or stars. Dean, I'm telling you. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's true. I mean, what are you going to say? He's the, you know, I've talked to a lot of stars, but to me, this is the biggest one ever. And, and you know, I mean, I, you know, yeah, Julia Roberts, Schwarzenegger, and Tom Cruise, but to me, this is this is the end all be all. It was a real disappointment earlier on in the year. If, if you guys have listened to the show, the uh, earlier on in the year, I had the chance to go to Gainesville, Georgia, where Bert was appearing at a, another uh, 40th anniversary showing of uh, Smokey and the Bandit. This was in a town where part of the film was filmed, so everybody there was very excited. But it was a, it was the kind of event where um, I just didn't feel comfortable. Uh, putting on, I guess, my interviewer's hat, it, it, and uh, I, I just did not attack it in terms of uh, how I should have, you know, going through the PR people and, and getting the interview and everything. It just didn't feel right. It was just a big disappointment. I didn't get to meet him and everything, and so when I talked about it on the show, I ended by saying I had regrets uh, about the whole thing. Well, here it comes, the... Uh, Rome International Film Festival, which went on this weekend, and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more later on, but it's it's put on by a guy who's also part of the Atlanta Film Festival. His name is Cameron McAllister. He's the executive director, and he announced that their guest of honor this year was going to be none other than Burt Reynolds. So basically, I just went through the proper channels and was able to land what I was initially told was going to be a 15-minute interview with Mr. Reynolds. Well, I was thrilled just to have that. But uh, I had the feeling that once I talked to him about uh, the kinds of movies that I wanted to talk to him about, I really wanted to talk about a lot of the movies that I never hear talked about. I didn't just want to talk about um, Deliverance and uh, Smokey and the Bandit and um, Boogie Nights, maybe. Uh, I wanted to talk about other things. And specifically, I wanted to talk about that period in his life <clears throat> when he was in the top, on the top of the uh, box office chart. He was the top box office star five years in a row, uh, I think from 77 to uh, 82, uh, maybe 81. 
uh, and uh, that was a record that uh, he had tied with Bing Crosby and was broken a few years later by uh, Tom Cruise. So so I wanted to talk about that period, maybe, maybe with a few outliers there, but uh, because I thought that that was probably the period where not only was he at his most successful, but I felt he was doing some of the best movies that he had ever done in that period. And, uh, and also, you know, probably in that period, uh, he was probably at his happiest too, because he was, uh, at that time with Sally Field, both professionally and privately. And, uh, he's been very upfront about her effect on his life and as an actor and, uh, as a man. And so I really wanted to start the interview off by talking about his relationship with uh, Sally Field as an actor. So here it is, Oscar nominee, Emmy winner, all-time movie star, Mr. Burt Reynolds. Where are we going? No, don't tell me. Let me guess. We are a bride in search of a wedding. No. No? There, There is a wedding in search of a bride. Let me put it another way. Think of it as a wedding posse in search of a bride. Do you understand that, cowboy? Yeah. What are you doing? These are my shoes. Oh, yeah. And these are my legs. Yeah. What are you going to do with them? With the shoes or the legs? Last time I saw legs like that, they had a message tied to them. What do you mean? These are great little legs. I'm a professional. Well, in that case, you shouldn't be dressed in white. Dancer. Oh. When you were in Jonesboro earlier this year and you were being interviewed on stage, uh, you were asked uh, who among your female co-stars was your favorite. And uh, everybody was thrilled to hear that you said Sally Field. Um, could you talk about her qualities as an actor that you responded to? Well, I was—I uh, always felt that she was way beyond uh, the flying nun and and that stuff. And uh, but when I brought her name up, uh, I was uh, thought thought a little bit by the studio and the people, and, and I said, "You guys don't know what there is there." That's a well that hasn't been hit yet, but when it does, it's going to explode, and it and it has. I mean, uh, I was I was going with her, and and I, I kept looking at her mantelpiece, and I I said, you know, I I'm feeling like a real slob. I have nothing on my mantelpiece, <laughs> <laughs> and she had five. Uh, Awards, every kind there is, and uh, two Oscars now, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's just a, a, an amazing girl. But what she has that's that's surprising is the power inside of her, because she's a little little thing, and she just, uh, when she wants to, can overpower everybody. Mm. Did she have any kind of influence over your choices? Because in that period, uh, because 
it really feels like, you know, with movies like Best Friends and Starting Over in particular, but also even something like The End, uh, there's a, or, or Hooper, uh, there's a there's a difference in quality there that's uh, that's uh, notable. Did 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 she advise you in any ways on on you know scripts to to respond favorably to or anything? No, she didn't. Uh, she did, Dean. She left me. I was a I was a director. She has great respect for rec- directors anyway, and uh, she just. Uh, you know, I I don't think I ever, I can never remember us having a, a discussion over uh, one particular scene that she felt wasn't right or whatever. And uh, and when I wanted to change things, she was uh, wonderful about it. She she was just a, a terrific actress. Besides being a terrific lady. Mm. I want to talk about a movie that uh, predates some of these that we're going to discuss. I I read somewhere. I I don't know if this comes from one of your memoirs or or so forth, but I read somewhere that um, one of your favorites, if not your favorite, of all of your movies is W.W. and the Dixie Dance Kings, which was directed by John Avildsen who also directed Rocky uh, the year after, won an Oscar for that. Uh, is, it, is this the case? And can you tell me why that's one of your favorites? It wasn't. I don't believe it was uh, my favorite, but I, I, I think that he, uh, I, he uh, John Allison and I uh, went round and round a couple times on on and the picture we did do together, and if that was it, then uh, he was right and I was wrong. <laughs> uh, I, I remember uh, the funniest part was, uh, it's funny now, but it wasn't dead, was he said to Mel Tillis, uh, okay, that was that was a good rehearsal, uh, and Mel, I cut the stutter. <laughs> and I said, what? And he said, Cut the stutter. And I said, yeah, and, and I said, "Listen, come come with me. I want to talk to you." And I went around behind the, <laughs> the garage, and I pushed him up against the garage and hung him on a, a nail there. And I said, "How can how dare you take a man who's just such a a wonderful talent, a uh, a uh, 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 a giant here in Nashville, and and has been for years, and uh, he's a, a, an amazing, amazing talent. And I'm so proud to have him in, in a picture, and I used him in three, and and I, I just uh, I can't believe you did that. Well, anyway, it went on and on and on. Finally, well, I took him off the hook, and we walked back around in front, and uh, we we did the we started to do the scene. And he didn't stutter. And I said, "Damn it!" I, I said, "What? The, what are you doing to me?" I, I just took him around the back. It was giving you hell because you can't help it. You stutter, and now you're not stuttering. And he said, "Well, well I drank." You did. I said, "You did what?" And they they got him a fifth of something, and I guess he just chugged lugged it, and he doesn't stutter then. <laughs> wow 
obviously Allison screwed with his process in some ways. So, <laughs> you know, I love that movie. Uh, I love uh, the cast in the movie. Uh, I'm interested to hear you talk about Jerry Reed and your and your relationship with him, which really goes over a, a good number of your movies. He was. Uh... I don't know why I felt that. The first time I saw him uh, at, at, at the uh, Grand Ole Opry, uh, I, I just knew he could act. And uh, I, I asked him, I said, would you be interested in being in a movie with me? And he said, well, son, son, I, I don't <laughs> do what? I said, act. And he said, oh, well, son, I, I don't. I, I could sing, but I, mean, I don't know about acting. I said, I'm telling you, you can act. And after a, a few talks like that, he said, okay. And uh, and the first time he opened his mouth, I, I, I knew I was right because he talked faster than you could type anything. And, <laughs> and he was just so much fun for everybody, for the crew and for the rest of the cast. And he was a wonderful, wonderful man. I, I uh, uh, besides being uh, such a wonderful actor, he was considered to be the best guitar player in Nashville. And, mm. uh, and there were uh, there's some pretty good tickers there. <laughs> yeah, there's a few there. <laughs> um, yeah, I I love uh, I love his ability. You know, I get the sense in in, in your movies that he's really throwing in a lot of uh, quality to the to the screenplay that maybe wasn't on the page. Is that correct? I oh, mean, oh, oh yeah, I told him any time he felt like something had to come out of his mouth, just to let it happen. And uh, we came around, and I was, he hadn't seen the Trans Am, and I opened the back of the of the big truck and they backed it down and he looked at it. He hadn't said a word. He just was speechless. And then he said, honey, hush. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that became one of our things. His old picture. Oh man, he's 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 great in those, in, in your movies. Uh, it's, he's just fantastic. Um, I want to talk about the, also your, you know, as kind of a springboard into some other things. Uh, you're a major uh, figure in Georgia film. I mean, you you broke the ground, and now, uh, all, lo, these many years later, here we are in November of 2017, and there's almost 50 productions being filmed here in in, in and around Atlanta, or in Georgia in general. I was going to do four of those pictures in Florida. The governor just didn't want it, didn't want any of them, and was not very nice about, uh, Governor Askew it was, was not very nice about the way he said no. And uh, uh, he, as a matter of fact, he said, I don't like your films, Mr. Reynolds. I don't think they should play. And wow. I said, well, I don't like you. I don't like you being governor. There's nothing I can do about it. So, uh, and I, I, I left and went to Georgia. And at the time, Jimmy Carter was a, was the governor, who was he couldn't have been nicer. And he said, "What prison do you want to shoot in?" <laughs> I said, 
Well, I, I'd like to shoot in the baddest one in the state. And he said, well, we'll have to move a few people around, but we'll do that. And uh, that's what he did. And it was amazing, amazing. Uh, you know, I, I got to know all those guys. And, and I, I never met a guy in prison that was guilty. You know, there never is. <laughs> they... They, <laughs> yeah, no, no. All the men in prison are innocent. Yes, gotta be one of them. Well, <laughs> one time I'm I'm in I'm in uh, Nashville, in Nashville shooting, and uh, at that time I had five, you know, uh, police officers around the trailer, and uh, uh, I don't have that anymore. But at the time I did. And and one of them came in and said, Mr. Rose, uh, there's a there's a guy out here. He says, uh, you know him. And uh, I guess his name is Ringo. And I said, Ringo? Now, I only knew one Ringo. And that was <laughs> I met at the prison. <laughs> uh, I said, oh, well, have him come in. And he came in. And I said, Ringo, boy, I'm glad to see you, son. Uh, did you get... Uh, uh, did you get off for good behavior or something or what? He said, no, I just got out. I said, oh, my Lord. <laughs> he said, you think I could have a little money? I said, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, that's aging and abetting, you know. And I didn't want to get caught for that. I said, you know who loves you, and it's just across the street, is Jimmy Hampton. And he said, Oh, yeah. I said, oh, man, he'll be glad to see you. And I'll see if I can dig up some bed for you. And, but go over and see Jimmy. And and he did. And he came back a little while later, and he said, that's all right. He, uh, Jimmy gave me some money, and I'm in good shape now. I said, well, uh, don't get in trouble now anymore, okay? And he said, I'll do my best. And, and, uh, and he left, and he stayed out for a good year, I think before they did catch him. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, there really are uh, uh, some good guys in there that you, you hope are, are not, that's not going to happen. Another yeah. time I went to uh, Leavenworth, and I, I did a show there, and uh, Dinah went with me, and uh, there was about six of us in the show. Uh, Merle Haggard, and Jonathan Winters, and it was an incredible cast. And mm. we we got in there, and <clears throat> everything was going fine. We were rehearsing, and uh, I had a band from from there mixed in with a, some band guys I brought from Birchup. And I said, where, uh, where is Diana? And they said, I don't know. Where is she? I said, what? And, and they didn't know where she was. And we got to find her, guys. This is not, uh, you know, this is not Atlanta. (laughs) You know, so we were hunting all over the place, and and she was in the worst section of Leavenworth that you could be. And she was sitting there, a cappella, no guitar, nothing, singing a song to these guys. And they were just enthralled. And I said, honey, we got to. We've got to rehearse now. Uh, and I said, I hope you guys don't mind. i got to take her back to rehearsing. They said, no, we 
We appreciate it, and, uh, and we know we're special because nobody else got a private showing like this. And <laughs> I said that's right. They didn't, and uh, mm. uh, uh, yeah. I, I said, "What in the world possessed you to come down here?" She said, "Well, they they told me that those guys never get anybody. They don't get to see any shows, and they don't get mm. nothing." So I went down. Hello, Mr. Shockner. You know how to play football? Yeah. Good. Uh, would you like to play football with us inmates? No. Oh. We're going to play the guards. Yeah, I want to play. He wants to play. Thank you, Mr. Shockner. The longest yard to me... <clears throat> is really a um, major film for you. It feels very personal. It also feels like a kind of a, a note of a sea change in terms of your career because it feels like there's more humor introduced in that movie than any other of the previous movies. Uh, yes, I mean, maybe with the exception of White Lightning, which might have some humor in it too. But The Longest Yard seems to be like a, a key film in your career. Uh, do, you, do you feel that same way? I do, uh, absolutely. It's it's my favorite movie that I did, and I I felt like uh, every every time I sat down with some jocks and ball players of any kind, basketball, baseball, football, <clears throat> that's the movie they talk about, and I feel great about that. It, it was it was a wonderful movie and uh, and you know it was my dream I I got to play football and get paid for it <laughs> you mm. know and it was it was wonderful. right right I mean I know you of course you were a football uh, football star in college and uh, and so forth had to get out because of you know damage to your knees and everything uh, but yeah. uh, was the longest yard kind of uh, taxing for you in terms of in terms of that physically. It was tough, yeah. It was tough, but I, 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 I truthfully, it, uh, I never had so much fun in my life on a picture. And when the film was over, Nitschke, uh Vanitsky, who hit me so hard a few times, I thought I would, my head was going to come off. He walked up to me and he said, uh, "Buddy, uh, you can play this game," and that <laughs> was like. An Oscar. I'm yes. telling you, I've I, I never been so touched in my life. Mm. Wow. Uh, well, it's a fantastic movie. I'm not even a football fan. You know, I'm a movie fan. That's what I do. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, as football movies go, it's the greatest football movie ever made, if you ask me. Oh, um, and uh, in terms of... In terms of understanding the game, understanding the uh, uh, the passion behind it, and then the filming of it, the uh, the filming of it, the editing, the uh, the uh, Oscar-nominated editing, the split screen, the sound, uh, the the incredible cast, and the uh, the verisimilitude of being in that prison in that place is just uh, is is breathtaking. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, Robert Aldrich really went the <laughs> went the extra yard, pardon the pun, in that film. And 
Um, I'm I'm curious. You know, you've worked with so many great directors. I mean, the list can go on and on. You know, everybody from uh, Sam Fuller to uh, to Aldrich to uh, to Robert Altman to uh, Woody Allen, Mel Brooks. Are there any filmmakers out there that uh, you feel influenced your own directorial style? Uh, if, if anything, they made me feel like I was I was doing the right thing. Uh, I was a big fan of every one of those people, and some of them had, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies that were <laughs> pretty hysterical. But you know, Orson Welles and and John Ford both uh, told me that uh, that they liked the films I did, and that was. That didn't get any better than that. I remember I said uh, to uh, uh, each guy, you know, play it like it was uh, the real deal, you know. Well, well, Sam Fuller, I didn't know what he told me or warned me about it. But it didn't matter whether you were doing a love scene or some other kind of scene. Instead of action... He shot a gun off, and you'd be <laughs> standing there, and bam, you'd jump about three feet in the air. Well, this went on for about two days, and then finally I went up to him. I said, Sam, I, 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 I don't want to stop you from doing what you're doing because you're doing a great job and everything, but could you not shoot the gun off when I'm doing a love scene? And he said, I, I don't know. I, that's kind of what I do. I said, no. <laughs> I, he says, uh, what I, what I feel at, you know, when I'm making love. <laughs> I said, well, maybe it works for you. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Now, you mentioned Orson Welles. Can you talk about uh, talk, uh, meeting with him? I've had great meetings with him and fun times and talking about you know the things that he he literally invented so many things and the cameraman he had was genius uh he he also was uh so complimentary i mean it made me feel you know like a billion bucks that he felt the way he did about the films and uh that's that's what it's all about, and and it's people like you that uh, mm-hmm. say the things you do. I mean, you don't just piss it off. You you talk about the films, and you you picked out the films that I would pick out if I had to pick out mm-hmm. the ones that I thought were the best. And I I can't tell you how much that means to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, it really comes from the heart from from I think everybody who. Uh, loves your movies, and uh, I want to I want to talk about some of the other films. Uh, these are these are some of my absolute favorites of your works. So uh, I I picked five of them, um, and I want to talk about each one of them if you don't mind. I want to start off by talking about the end, which I uh, rewatched last night. It's absolutely one of my favorites of your movies. Uh, I I find it uh, uh, I find that Jerry Belson script to be uh, of course, hilarious, but also so incredibly dark. Well, first of all, nobody could, would 
would okay it. They, uh, the studios were scared to death of it. And, uh, but I, I uh, made a deal with Warner Brothers that if they let me do it, I would do whatever they wanted me to do. I'd own one. And, uh, and I, that's the way we worked it. And I remember uh, it, it, it was it was such a, a dangerous film. I mean, in every way. And yet, laughs by God, they were laughs. And then it's and then so we go on and, and and then date. We we somehow keep going. And and who would have thought you'd get Joanne Woodward in a place like that? You know, I mean, it's. It was, uh, and she was wonderful. She was just wonderful to, to act. Now, now she was an instrumental in helping you in your early career, wasn't she? Yes, she was. She was. Uh, she, you know, I had. She had come to summer stock when I was doing summer stock in, in uh, uh, Upper State, New York, and uh, <clears throat> I, I had. Fallen in like with her, and you know I really had a crush. <laughs> and I thought, well, I've just I can't wait to take a run at her, boy. And she said, uh, my fiance is coming up this weekend, and he wants to meet you. And, I went, oh. and then I thought, well, I'll just blow him out of the tub. And <laughs> this this guy, this guy came walking in, and uh, with the bluest eyes I'd ever seen in my life. And I thought, I don't know which one of them I like the best. <laughs> <laughs> they were a dream couple. She, she and oh Paul Newman, there's no question. Uh, you know, and and an incredible marriage. So yeah, you didn't have a shot. I'm sorry, Bert. <laughs> I did. I didn't have a shot. I knew it as soon as I saw him walk in the door. <laughs> I, uh, you know, of course, it, with the end, one of the uh, most valuable players, I would say, in that movie, is absolutely Dom DeLuise. And he should have, uh, he should have been nominated. You know that he should have I mean, been. They, 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 absolutely, they don't do that, Dean. I don't know why they just don't do that. Comedy, they, and stuff. very rare. But he was but, so great in that movie. That scene. Where we're introduced to him, it's a long yeah. scene. It's like yeah. a ten-minute scene, uh, but he controls that so brilliantly. He is so freaking funny. How, how did you keep it together <laughs> with him? No, I know. When he went up to the bathroom, and I was in the bathroom, he wanted to come in, <laughs> and, and all that's him. I mean, that's all his. I, I'd like to take credit for some of it, but none of it's mine. It's him. He he went to knock on the door and then oh yeah and he wipes him. the knock and off he's trying to and wipe and the knock away yeah, and then he rubs it off. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then that, that line where he says he pees a lot. <laughs> kids can be very cruel. What kids? My father told me those. He was always teasing me. He was a big, loud, hairy. Sweaty Pollock! He was covered with sweat, always. The only man that I know who could sweat while he was swimming. And I could never have friends over because he challenged them to a nose-picking contest 
And he always won. The last straw came when I finally brought home my... Girl. You know, before I took her out to dinner, I knew I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. Yeah, when we got there, he was just sitting down in his favorite, sweaty undershirt, drinking beer, eating chili with his fingers, and watching celebrity bowling. At first, he was nice, you know? We were talking nice. And then, huh, he was so stupid! He said how he thought that Moby Dick was a venereal disease. I told him in a nice way what a stupid idiot he was. And then he told her that he thought that she was wasting her time with a, with a loser like me. So I put my hands around his 22-inch neck and I strangled him! We never went out to dinner, needless to say, because I strangled him. <laughs> you say it like you're proud. Well, you didn't have the courage to do it. Stop it. No. He, he is so great. Can you, can you talk about him? Because, I mean... I met his son once at a film festival and uh, and heard great stories from him. But I'm sure you must have at least uh, one every, fantastic every sound day. Every day that I saw him, he made me laugh. Uh, every day of my life now, I think about him. I mm. uh, I will never have, and and he never got the credit. We'll never have a, a comedian like that. He was. He was a true clown because, and he would, he loved doing it, you know. That was the thing that I don't think a lot of comedians do, but he, when we would go out to eat, I'd say, now, uh, John, we, we got to leave the restaurant by, uh, you know, a certain time. Uh, we have to be back to uh, set. He said, yeah, yeah. The first thing he'd do when we walked in the restaurant, would he'd go to every single table. And to introduce himself and tell him, <laughs> ask him where they're from, and I, I thought, what in the hell is he doing? And, and uh, after that, I got used to it. I mean, I, that's what that was him. He loved mm. people, and he loved mm. to make them laugh. Yeah, he's he he's what a talent. There's not another like him, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean. Also, with the end, you know, I mean, such an incredible cast. You know, Robbie Benson and, and uh, Christy McNichol and, and uh, Strether Martin and, and uh, David Steinberg. Uh, and so, so many great people. But then you get that fantastic scene with Pat O'Brien and Myrna Loy as your parents. It's just so amazing. Uh, can you talk about working with them? Well, I, I I truly did have a love affair with her. I mean, she was my had a, such a crush on her, and uh, I asked her, "Can we get uh, your your guy? I mean, the guy that we he he made uh, William Powell. Did you guys made so many pictures?" And she said, "Gosh, I don't know. He's not been feeling well, but let's call him up." Well, you know, I forget that she could call him up. You know, I couldn't. She called Palm Springs, and he was there. And he got on the phone, and she said, Burbells wants you to be in this picture. 
and he got on the phone, and his voice sounded weak, and he said, I can't do it, Bert, but I'd sure love to, and you'll you'll be able to find somebody. Everybody wants to work with Bernard, and he said, you won't have any trouble, but he he said, I'm sure proud you asked me. And it got tears to my eyes. I thought, here's a guy that, you know, the two of them were, you know, like Olivier and and Olivier Lee. Yes. Uh, I mean uh, that's that's amazing. I, I I think you did well with uh, with Pat O'Brien though. He's incredibly funny in it. He uh, was and, he was great. He brought a different kind of comedy. It was his staccato way of doing some lines. You know, uh, when, when he was doing the the numbers on the art. You know, eleven, 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 eleven. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a totally different kind of comedy than our other guy would have done, but that's all right. It was it was sensational. Yeah, it's fantastic because he's that character is kind of in his own world in some ways. So, uh, so that's perfect in in that way. Uh, I again, I, I I find the end to be an incredibly uh, like it, it should be talked about a lot more. I I think a lot of people need to see it a lot more. I would recommend to the listeners to go and check it out immediately. Uh another film that got a little bit a lot more acclaim uh was Starting Over. Um yes. Alan Pakula's movie uh with the James L. Brooks script. And you had two great female leads in that movie with Candace Bergen and, and of course uh Jill Clayburg. Uh what what are your feelings about that film these days? Well, I I don't know how I got those two. It was it was amazing. They were both uh, fabulous. I remember uh, Candace said, uh, I, "I just when I sing, I sound awful." I said, "Candace, sing out, Louise. I mean, sing it out. The louder, the longer you sing, and the louder you sing, the bigger the laughs." And she said, "Really?" I said, "Yes, sing it." Like, it's great. I mean, it sounds good to me, but then I can't sing either. And she <laughs> said, oh, oh, okay. Better than ever. Ah, this time forever. Baby, I missed your tender touch. I've been out on my own and I learned so much. That moment when you're getting back together again uh, in that bedroom, and uh, and you come up behind her and just touch her shoulder, and she just sort of moans. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, that's all it takes. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things in the movie. But my favorite scene in the movie is the uh, probably everybody's favorite scene is the dunking scene uh, with Jill Clayburgh. Um, which 
<laughs> she's she's you're both hilarious in that scene, but she is particularly uh, great in it. Uh, uh, when you're throwing those balls at the at the thing, and she finally goes in a number of times, uh, is it, uh, extraordinary. Can you talk about filming that scene? Well, you know, she was oh god, she was so sweet and so a wonderful actress. Uh, I, I I I I I remember so many scenes with her. That one, <laughs> which is kind of uh, strange, but she she was standing with me, and we were, uh, she was screaming at me, and a, some snot came out of her nose, and was about I'm not kidding, it was about a foot and a half long, and I I couldn't believe what I was looking at. And I thought, surely, uh, you know, uh, Howells will cut, and, you know, we'll choose another. And, and, he, and he didn't. He went, let's go, let's move, let's cut, move. I said, Alan, what about the snot? He said, you couldn't get anybody to do that in a million years. <laughs> like she did it it's in the movie, isn't it? Is it not? Is it, oh, yeah, you bet it is. Yes, I remember people, it. Now. I hear Can people it's... all around me when it happens. Yeah, because it's out in the cold. You know, you were filming out in the cold quite a bit. Yeah, Buffalo has got to be the coldest town, city in in America. (laughs) Is that where you went? Is Buffalo the same town where you went to shoot some of the scenes for Best Friends? Those scenes with um, yeah. Okay, so you know, you kind of you kind of uh, uh, went revisited that area quite a bit and so that yeah, leads me to best that, friends. You do that a lot. You do that a lot with movies I think when you go somewhere for a certain reason and 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 it, it it's not just the cold weather, it's that it, what it happens what it brings out in you. It it brings your best work and and I'm so cold blooded anyway. I mean I can't <laughs> stand cold weather. And uh, yeah. it, it it was it was great, you know. Georgia, Georgia is is my good luck state, but Buffalo, if I want to be freezing to death, I go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know that's another one of my favorite of your movies. Again, you have a great script by uh, by Barry Levinson and Valerie Curtin, who's also in the movie, and uh, uh, and I, I also think that that's uh, criminally underrated. I think your uh, your chemistry with uh, uh, Goldie Hawn is is uh, fantastic, and particularly those scenes with the parents. Uh, uh, you know, the ones in Buffalo with uh, Jessica Tandy and uh, Bernard Hughes, and then the ones down south with uh, Audra Lindley and and uh, Keenan Wynn are just, I mean, are just magic. Uh, I think Gold, I think Goldie was at her best in that picture that I did with her. She was. Uh, by, uh, by far the best actress I've ever worked with in terms of just being uh, on the right on the beam all the time and, and you know she, she's kind of like the female version of Dom in that mm. she's, if she finds a laugh she'll take it to the ends of the earth you know <laughs> and I, I I'm, I'm nuts about her I met her husband 
uh, recently at a party with her, and he he gave me go the worst looks I've ever gotten in my life, and I thought, well, I guess that's a compliment. I don't know. <laughs> Honey, mm. you all right? No, I'm not all right. You have very strange parents. You know that? There's not a double bed in this whole house. Only, only single beds. Just single beds. Doesn't anybody sleep together in this place? These aren't single beds. They're antiques. That's not an antique. That's a single bed. I'm on my honeymoon. I want to sleep with my wife. Honey, we can sleep together when we get to your folks' house. Are you crazy? That's a week from now. I know. I know it sounds crazy. But if we slept in the same room, my parents would think we were having sex. <gasps> really? You're acting like a teenager. Well, this is my teenage room. This isn't a room for sexual relations. It's a room for slumber parties. Paula, I want you to listen to me very carefully. We're on very shaky ground here, very shaky ground. What do you mean? Well, getting married is a very traumatic experience, right? Right. My coming back here to Buffalo to meet your parents, that's traumatic, right? Right. All right. Well, no matter how old you are, you're still a child to your parents, right? Right. You know what that makes you right now? What? A married baby. One of my favorite things in uh, in Best Friends is that moment where she's feeling sort of guilty about something, uh, you know, like an argument, or she feels that she's wrong, and she tells you, she tells you to crack an egg, and yeah. she says, crack an egg, and and you do the egg cracking thing over her head. It's so great. Who came up with that? That was her. That was her. It was totally her. It wasn't even the script. And uh, I, unfortunately, I think I did it too hard. And uh, and and she, she, the director, God love him, said, oh, God, that was great. Can we do one more? And she said, no. <laughs> you know, but I hit her in the middle of the forehead. And, and I didn't mean to do it that hard, but I did. And it, 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 it just, I thought I'd, she was going to faint. <laughs> I just I just love that movie. It's it's so it's so fantastic. Again, another movie that if you've never seen it, uh to the listeners, you you've got to watch it. It's 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 fantastic. Norman Jewison is the director. Okay, so now I'll move over move on to to Sharky's Machine, which I still consider to be one of the two greatest movies ever filmed in Atlanta, and the other one would be a movie that you might not have seen called Marvin and Tyke, which was done here in 83, uh, uh, an indie movie that was uh, that starred uh, John Cassavetes. Just That's a little trivia note, but I consider uh, Sharky's Machine to be, uh, you know, just as, just as great in showcasing what Atlanta was like back in that that period what was it was there something about uh i mean besides you know the state being your good luck charm was there something about atlanta that you didn't feel had been tapped into yet uh in terms of trying yeah it, it it was it's a, a very versatile city as you know i mean you you can go down one street and it's it looks like a uh, the 30s or uh, 20s, and it's fabulous and lights and stuff. Then you go down another street, and it's all uh, beautiful and now and very, very, uh, very beautiful in terms of the way they. It was Billy Fraker who I love. Mm. Uh, and yeah. he shot the hell out of it, and uh, he sure it did. It was just gorgeous. Uh, 
it was just a terrific movie all the way around. Uh, I was really proud of it in, in terms of that kind of stuff. And uh, you don't get it very often. You know, one of the things I love about it, one of the many things I love about it, is uh, the score, the jazzy kind of score that I thought was kind of new for you. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and also, you know, you have, always have a great coterie of uh, supporting actors with you in, in a lot of these movies. But particularly in that one with uh, Charles Sterling and Brian Keith, uh, Richard Libertini, and uh, 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 James Hampton, John Fiedler. And uh, Bernie Casey, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I do want to talk to you about that scene towards the end of the movie, where there's lots of chaos going on and the killers killer is loose, and there's <laughs> there's a protracted scene in it where where you fit humor into it like outrageously with uh, with Bernie Casey, you know, continually calling you back for advice, <laughs> you know, like. He's a killer sharky, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. Can you talk about, you know, fitting the humor into that movie just in general? Because I, I yeah, think that that's was, one uh, of the things. Well, you, you're great at catching stuff. That, that was improvised uh, to the hilt uh, because he he was a ball player and I was. And uh, he, was a, he was a great ball player, played for the Rams, and uh, he was a great pro. Uh, and he uh, he was also just had a body like uh, you couldn't believe these wide wide shoulders that came down to a 28 inch waist and uh, and I remember uh, uh, Rachel who was something well was she something she uh, she was looking at him and she looked over at me and she said. You're hot, but honey, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, partner? Of course not, you asshole. I'm shot. Oh, shit. Where the fuck is he? Huh. He crawled off towards the stairway over there. Sharky, I hit his ass. He's got four bullets in him and the fucker won't go down. Maybe he knows more about Zen than you do. Hey, I tried to disappear. I bet you did. But I could Hang on, shit. Hang on. There'll be somebody here, okay? All right. Okay. Sharky. Yeah. When you find him, you got to put him down. I'll put him down. Sharky. Yeah. Plant his ass in the ground, you hear me? Yeah. Sharky. Yeah. I'm talking about burying him and putting a stake to us. Fucking hard, because he's not real. I hear you, Archie. Uh, Sharky. Hey, Sharky. I think I ruined a perfectly good jacket. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a it's such a great movie too because I, I really feel like that movie has had a major influence on people uh, in terms of like say for instance like I remember watching it one time and thinking thinking you know this must be Quentin one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies because it just has that kind of feel you know that kind of uh, feel he stole like the, he stole the mu- the music right out of there. Yes, he did. I mean, that, uh, that's right because he took Street Life and used it for for yep. Jackie Brown. That's right. uh, was Street Life written for that movie? Was because that, that's I think it was. Out. Okay, I think it was because that should have been nominated for best song uh, too. But uh, another movie from this era that uh, I want to focus in on, and I I sense this is also another personal movie because you've had a career as a stuntman and part of your career. Uh, but uh, Hooper, um, directed by your friend mm-hmm. Hal Needham. That seems like not only a personal movie for Hal, but also for you. Uh, It was that. It was that. You know, every time that I would do something, that I I was pure Hal, because I'd watched him so many times, and over the years I worked with him for ten years, starting as a stuntman and then working himself into directing. When I would do something, I, I wasn't even conscious of it, but I was. I copied his walk, I copied, you know, when I went up the, on the, uh, the, 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 the thing, I slid the helicopter. down. helicopter, yeah. You know, with the dog. Uh, uh-huh. and, and they and they always have, uh, on those pictures, they always have a, uh, a, West, uh, a dog, I don't know what they're called, but they're always over the top in terms of, us hurting the dogs. Well, nobody loves dogs more than me. But, you know, this guy was really giving me a hard time. And I, I said, I'm not going to let, listen, before this dog gets hurt, I'll get hurt. And he right. said, I hope so. <laughs> I said, well, thank you. Again, I want to talk about the the you know the character actors that you've, you've had in many of your movies. Of course, we talked about Jerry Reed and Dom DeLuise, but I also want to mention Charles Durning, uh, who was not only well, Charles, in a lot of your movies. Charles Durning, that was his first big movie. And uh, when when I opened the door and he walked in and hugged me, and because we hadn't met before that. It was, we, we just shot it at that time. And I think we ended up being five or six movies together. Yeah. And him and Dom, were the two best actors I ever worked with. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's he's great. Of course, you know, he's fantastic in, in almost everything that I've ever seen him in, but he's particularly uh, great to me in uh, in uh, uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, which he got an Oscar nomination for. And yes. uh, his, his scenes in yes. that movie are so funny. I mean, it's the funny... It's one of the funniest... Uh, uh, you know, musical numbers I've ever seen in a movie. Um, well, you know, people people forget. They didn't forget when they saw it, but he, he could dance. Man, yeah, he's very light, he on his, he's very light on his feet. Well, he had, yeah. he had been in the Broadway show where I, I think he, he won an, uh, uh, an award for it, and it was dancing and singing. And, uh, and every time... I'll tell you one of the great evenings of my life. I wish you'd have been there at my house. 
I used to have parties, and uh, it was amazing the number of people that came. And uh, there was a whole bunch of people there, and I always had a very eclectic group of actors, but good actors, and and, uh, people that did go to parties together. And uh, it was very, very uh, crowded, and I had a little three-piece band, and uh, Charlie came over to me, and he said, would you think I could dance with Fred Astaire? And I said, I, I don't know. I don't, don't see why not. And I, I called it over. I said, Mr. Stair. Uh, and he was a very shy, shy man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this man, I don't know if you know it, but Mr. Durning uh, taught at the Fred Stair Dance uh, Studio in New York. And, mm-hmm. and he said, no, I, I didn't know that. And he said, well, there is something that you could do for me. And and he said, anything. And he said, would you dance with me? And I just, I didn't know what to do or say. And, <laughs> and Fred said, I'd be honored. And I went over to the band and I said, would you guys play a couple of dancing melodies for Fred and uh, Charlie? And they said, yeah. And they got together and uh, they started playing, and they everybody was dancing. There was a lot of people. They were all dancing. They started playing the music, and the two of them started dancing. And, of course, what happened, everybody moved away from them and just surrounded them, and mm. they danced. It was, I get tears wow. in my eyes. It oh, was boy. one of those magic moments that nobody's ever going to see or film or anything, but... What a night. Wow. That's that's just incredible. I mean, when I think about your career, you must have met everybody. You know, when you started appearing on TV, as, uh, I mean, of course, you've always been a TV star, you know, since since the since the early 60s, late 50s, really. Uh, but uh, particularly, I think your appearances on Johnny Carson uh, were a major uh were a major that, that, boon that for you. more than that more than anything, uh, Dean. I, I think it was more than any piece of work I did was with Johnny, and it was not nobody. Every, nobody believes me, but it was not rehearsed. None of us, neither one of us, knew what we were going to say. And uh, after I did the first one, he said, "Will you do the show next week?" And I said, "Sure." And uh, I did like five in a row, and uh, we 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 just had so much fun together. And I I I don't know anybody that I've ever loved more than him in terms of just not wanting him to walk away from me. I just I wanted to be around him all the time, and uh, mm. he he was just. So magic. We we had the same kind of sense of humor, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But uh, he 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 sure had my number, and I, and I had his. Not a good show to do jokes on ex-wives. Huh? No, you really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. No. Big sign back there. Don't do jokes on ex-wives. <laughs> and you are actually good friends. You're not. You're just. Uh, no, we're great friends. Well, that's fine. Yes. And you, well, you can. You can be. You yes. can be. 
You can you can leave a marriage and still be good. Yeah. You're gonna get married again? I keep yeah. reading. You're gonna get married. Yeah. I read those fan magazines, you know. Fan magazines, wonderful, wonderful to read. I read all those. In the in the beauty parlor. <laughs> yes, and I missed you Thursday. Now I want to get to something. You know, I do want to talk about Dog Years a little bit. Uh, your new movie uh, is coming out, but uh, but I do want to touch on something that you know. I'm sure you get asked this a lot, and this is probably the you know most contentious uh, you know question I'll ask. But I do want to ask about Boogie Nights because you're you're you know it was a major comeback role for you. It, it's a widely loved movie. Uh, and of course, it, it brought you a lot of acclaim and, and an Oscar nomination and many critics' awards and everything. But I know that you're on the record is is not particularly loving it too much. Uh, is that <clears throat> does that feeling of it come from the subject matter uh, that it was covering? Yes, that, that was uh, it. It was a, it was a subject matter. I I had a hard time with it, and, and just in terms of of doing it and uh i i did it and uh, i'm glad i did it and the director did a fabulous job and uh, i was wrong and he was right you know but i i just i just had a really hard time with some of the dialogue saying some of the words and uh you know because having like you said starting out in the late 50s and, and not Saying those words and, and uh, they were yes. verboten, you know. Uh huh. And I, I, I don't know. Uh, but and I didn't know that uh, I was going to get that kind of acclaim. I had no idea. And I, I, at that time, I did look him up and and uh, told him how much I was full of shit, and he was right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know. That's. That's interesting. That's 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 good. I mean, you know, I've read somewhere where you haven't seen it all the way through or something, but I would encourage you to go back and take a look at it and take joy in the fact that you've uh, that you really co- uh, contributed one of the great supporting performances of that era. Uh, and uh, uh, whatever you think about the subject matter, it's you know, it's a it's a movie that's highly critical of that world. I think so. You know, in that in that way i think you can find some kind of some kind of common ground uh in in some kind of doorway into actually loving it and and uh so i would encourage you to go back and take a look at it because you're just fantastic in it you're just you're just perfect in it and uh in in that way i wonder you know do, do you have any kind of sense of like well how did if i didn't like the subject matter and uh, I've, I've read that you know you were it was a little contentious on the set how do you think that you you came out with such a great performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think part of it, part of it is you just you're in, you get tunnel vision. You know, that's what I was going to do, and I was going to give these guys some kind of, of credibility. And and it's it's they made movies. That there was not a lot of them, but the ones that were good were really good and uh, good in, in terms of filmmaking. And that's one speech I had in the restaurant. I forget, mm-hmm. he, he just let me go 
and he said, because uh, he said, you're a filmmaker, tell, tell people how hard it is, how, how rough it is to get the money and, you know, to, to make that. And I don't care how long it is. And uh, that, that I, I really thought that that's a lot of faith that he gave to me there. No, I understand. You've got to get him in the theater, you know. you got to keep the seats full. But I don't want to make a film where they show up, they sit down, they jack off, and they get up and they get out before the story ends. It is my dream. It is my goal. It is my idea to make a film that the story just sucks them in. And when they spurt out that joy juice, they just got to sit in it. They can't move until they find out how the story ends. You know, I want to make a film like that. And I understand, you know, they have to make films. I bait them myself, you know, that are a few laughs. Everybody fucks their brains out, and that's fine. That's my dream, to make a film that is true and right and dramatic. And I'd work with him again. I don't know if he'd want to work with me again, but <laughs> I'd like to work with him again. Well, he asked you to be in Magnolia, and you, you said you weren't ready for it, huh? No, I wasn't. Yeah. It was too soon. You know, I owe it to my to the listeners to to bring up Deliverance, um, which is uh, you know absolutely the watershed movie for you. I know you got injured on the set. It's, it's an injury yeah. you're still kind of dealing with. Yeah, I, I was. I was really uh, a little crazy because uh, I told John, who I love, John Borman, the best director I ever worked with. I said, John, I, I look like a, a dummy coming over that waterfall. And he said, well, that's what it is, a dummy. And I said, yeah, I know, but let me do it. And, and by that time, he thought I could do anything. And uh, he said, okay. Uh, so they had some some way of turning the waters down to like a, just a ripple. And then they'd turn it back wide open when, whenever he asked for it. So uh, they turned it down to like a ripple, and I walked out, and I, a guy, one of the prop guys came out with the two of them, and they drove a spike into a rock, and they put a rope around it, and I put my hand through the rope, and I screamed to John. I said, now, when I, uh, uh, when I raise my hand and, and whirl it around, let it go, and he said, all right, and uh, so... Uh, I said to the, the guy, the water, white water expert, he said, now when you go in, you're not going to be able to swim out because the hydrofoil will just pull you right back. He said, go to the bottom and swim out. And I said, okay. And uh, he, he uh, they let it go. And it, I, I remember I heard this noise coming from behind me. It sounded like a... a, a tidal wave and it was and I looked around and here it came and it hit me and I went flying out in the air and I came down I hit a rock cracked my tailbone and I did a flip and screwed my ankle up and then I went to the bottom 
I got up and I started to swim out. And just exactly like the guy said, I, it kept pulling me back. I couldn't swim out. And so I took a deep breath. Thank God I had enough sense to remember what the guy said. Swam to the bottom. And it shot me out of there like a torpedo. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, and and by now, the guy, the crew, and everybody are getting a little shaky. They don't know where I am or what happened. I went over that that, that waterfall. A 35 year old guy in the greatest shape of his life, and they didn't see me. They couldn't find me, and I looked down the the side of the river. And it was a good half mile, I swear. I saw this nude man, old man, about 85, stumbling along towards them. And it was me. And, and they all ran down and uh, started bandaging me. I had nothing on. They started bandaging me up, and it was it was something uh, that I'll never forget. And and it, 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 when you go to the movie and you look at it, I, I said, "How does it look, John?" He said, "Like a dummy going over the ball." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It, did, it didn't look any better than the dummy. <laughs> so did you learn a lesson from that? Like, oh yeah. Let I the dummy do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, you don't do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Going into that movie, uh, all of you guys, Deb Beatty and, and uh, uh, Ronnie Cox and, and John Floyd, all you you must have known that it was a risky project. I mean, in ter- risky physically. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, of course there's controls on the set and so forth, but you never know what's, what can happen out there in the wilderness or whatever. Uh, that's kind of one of the <laughs> one of the points of the movie, really. But um, but. Uh, uh, what was the what was the preparation like for for you guys in terms of uh, physically preparing for the role and so forth? Well, well, first of all, Ned Beatty's first movie, which is hard yes. to believe, because I think he's one of our another another performance that should have been nominated for the Oscar. I totally agree. I totally agree, and I say it every chance I get. He should have been nominated, and. Uh, he, I think it was because he'd never done a picture before. Nobody had seen him. Mm-hmm. And they've since that time given him much bigger write-ups, but he never has been nominated, should have been, mm-hmm. uh, or for other things. He just was so damn good. I mean, uh, I, I, I couldn't get over him. And one of the funniest things was we, John was having a terrible time finding the mountain man and I said John I've worked up here uh, a, lot, a lot of times and there's a guy I know up here he can't read or write but he is that guy that that has got, got the void up against the tree I said that's him and, and he says uh, alright I said let me bring him in and, and uh, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll improvise it. He, uh, he said, does he know what improvise means? I said, yeah, that's the only way he knows how to do it. 
But I said, please, let's give him a chance. So his name is Cowboy Coward. Herbert Cowboy Coward, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, he came in, and uh, just like I remember him, uh, just like a country as a peach orchard sow, and he sat down, (laughs) and he's looking over at at John, and and the line is, uh, get over there against that tree and take your pants down. So I said, uh, the line cowboy is get over against that tree and take your pants down. And he said, uh, you get over against that sapling and take your p- 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 pennies down. <laughs> John said, you got the part. Uh, that's it. He knew it was right, right there. And Bill McKinney, of course, is fantastic in that movie, too. Bill is uh, wonderful. Yeah, he's done a quite a few movies. Uh, yeah, and he he uh, he he just a uh, terrific athlete. Uh, but he didn't quite know how to take cowboy, nor did anybody else. They all were sort of scared of him, you know. Mm. Uh, but he was yeah, he was wonderful. It's you know, of course, it's a it's a masterpiece. You know the Vilma Sigmund photography, and of course the music, and and uh, and uh, the cast, and the direction, and and James Dickey. I guess I should ask about James Dickey too, uh, because of course he's a he's a character in the he he plays the sheriff well, he in was, the movie. He was not my favorite, and uh, at night we were staying at this big uh, uh, home. They were rented homes. But everybody was gone. It was not the season. So they were all empty. So each one of us had a home. And then there was this big bar, and they brought the bartender in, and that was it. And we go down there every night, and I was sitting there. And Dickie had everybody cornered in a booth talking to him, and they couldn't get out. I could see that. And I was sitting over at the bartender with a bartender uh, shooting the crap, and I looked over, and Voight, who was, you know, just about the nicest human being that ever lived, would would sit there and let him talk till the sun came up, if he had to, I guess. But he looked up, he saw me, and he came walking over, and I said, "Oh God!" And he he said, uh, "Now, Lewis, how you doing?" I said, "I'm." Fine, Mr. Dickey, he said. I got to tell you something. You did a fine job. Fine job. He slapped me out of the back of the shoulders, you know. I looked around at him, and I said, I want to tell you something, all right? I don't want to talk to you. But just get the fuck away from me. And he, he stood there, and he looked at me, and then he said, that's exactly what Lewis would have said. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walked away. That's probably one of his favorite stories. <laughs> I think he's terrific in the movie. I know he was kind of a big drinker, uh, I oh, guess. you know He had kind day. of a tortured artist quality to him, right? Every day. Every day he was. Uh, about from ten o'clock on, he was uh, sipping the juice. Mm. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I would would have been interesting to to listen to his classes because I bet he was good. I bet he was a good teacher. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure he was. Uh, you're right. And I've seen interviews with him and so forth. There's a there's a documentary out there, a little short documentary about Kudzu, I think, or something like that, that he he uh, contributes to. That's that's uh, that's uh, fascinating. But um, uh, you know, I, here's something I always wanted to ask you: Have you ever seen a movie called Sherman's March? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I always wanted. It's one of my favorite documentaries. It's done by Ross McAwee. Um, and of course, in uh, just for the viewers, the, the listeners that don't know about it, uh, it's a story of the filmmaker going through uh, the South and meeting these various women and uh, sort of pining for a relationship, and also doing a documentary about Sherman's march through the South. And uh, <clears throat> one of the women that he meets is uh, is a is a girl that's uh, trying to uh, get a part in one of your movies. <laughs> And the director makes it a point of trying to get you on camera. And I was just always curious, you know, uh, and he does. Eventually he gets a real glimpse of you. He's not able to get anywhere real near you. But uh, I was always curious if you'd ever seen that movie and, and, and uh, you know, appreciated it. I, I did because I was curious because they did go into all that trouble to call me and run me down. I was doing another film. Uh, and I was very flattered that they uh, didn't go to all that trouble. Uh, I uh, I thought it was a fabulous movie. I thought it was, the guy really knew what he was doing, really knew what he wanted, and there's nothing better than a director who has, who has a passion for what he's doing. Oh yeah, no question. It's 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 the key. It's the key to to making. Uh, well, any work, great, but but you know, movies in particular, because movies are so hard to do. You can never. Uh, you might think you have all the, all the ingredients for a great movie, but something in the machinery doesn't work right. And so, to me, movies are like machines. They're machines to create feeling. Um, it could be fear, or it could be love, or it could be, could be joy, or uh, uh, laughter, or. Or, or whatever, but uh, you know they're complicated machines, and when they work right, it's almost like uh, it's almost like you can feel the gears working together um, uh, just by it, watching it's, it. It's, it, it. It happens. I've done I, I don't know how many films, but it's ridiculous the amount plus fifty television shows, and when everything comes together. Everything gels. You know it, and it, you don't want it to end. You just don't want it to end. You think this is this is magic, and this is what it's all about. There has to be sort of a melancholy quality about it too, because you know that they have to end. And when they end, uh, everybody scatters off, and you might not see anybody for many many uh, years. Uh, and I would imagine that's why. You gravitated to, you know, actors like Deloise and and Durning and Beatty and uh, Jerry Reed and James Hampton. Uh, it's this, you wanted to kind of surround yourself with people that you knew you liked because there's a lot of sitting sitting around time. In a that happened, auto that's film exactly set. the way it happened. That's exactly the way it happened. Mm-hmm. And there probably was five or six other people too like that. You just. Uh, you know what you're going to get from them, and that's their best. And their best is better than anybody, uh, especially that southern 
thing that they all had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You love the South. I mean, you're from the South. Were you born in Michigan, or you were born in... I was in, born in Michigan, but we, we got out of there in, in, after five years and came mm-hmm. down here. Cause my dad came home from the war and came down here for his honeymoon, came back and said, we're moving to Florida. And I, I went, what? And uh, I, I thought alligators in the backyard and all kinds of <laughs> things, but... We we came down here, and I've never regretted it. And I suppose that's why I love the South so much, because it adopted me, and I adopted it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we're going to, you know, I just want to let listeners know, we're we're going to talk about Smokey and the Bandit at the, uh, at the film festival in Rome, which is uh, this weekend. Uh, but uh, uh, so we'll we'll have video footage of the press conference where we'll probably be focusing in entirely on Smokey and the Bandit. But I do want to ask you the question: you know, uh, what is it about Smokey and the Bandit that you think has made it, you know, probably your 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 most iconic role uh, and uh, your most iconic movie? Uh, I, I think the versatility of it. Uh, from being uh, uh, very had very funny when it was funny it was funny, but it had uh, very tough uh, things. Most of all, what was amazing was to have Gleason. Uh, I mean, my gosh! I mean, how do you get that lucky? Let me have a Diablo sandwich, a Dr Pepper, and make it fast. I'm in a goddamn hurry. You want something? Hush, puppy, daddy. We got no time for that crap. You son of a bitch. Diablo and Doc. Stack it, my friend. You must be in a hell of a hurry, huh, Sheriff? Bet your ass on that boy. Oh, you cover with mess, sir. Let me, mm-hmm. let me help you out here. Get that off of there. That's a way for an officer. Yeah. Who are you chasing? Somebody chasing you? Nobody chasing me, boy. I would chase my goddamn mania all the way from Texarkana, Texas. Really? Was he a bank robber? Bank robber. Bank robber and his baby kid alongside of what this dude is doing. Almost killed 20 law officers, driving through people's backyard, knocking down mailboxes, got a broad in the car, took across the state line, that's the man out. I don't think he's got a permission, and that's getting him. How's that behind this? <laughs> what a Oh, let me pay for it. Let me pay for it. Mm, no, 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 no. You're an officer of the law. I'd, I'd, I'd be honored. <laughs> Much obliged. Where's the can? I got to get the squirt. I'll ride back there. Just one. <laughs> you were the one who suggested Gleason, were you not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they said, there's no way you'll get him. And I said, I'll get him. And I called, and, and he, 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 he waited about two seconds and said, where do you want me? <laughs> and he was wonderful, wonderful. And also and, uh, a prodigious was, drinker on set. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, drove, he, uh, he did like to drink the sauce. And, mm. and he had a guy uh, that he yelled for. Uh, I'm called Mal, and that was his supposed dresser. But when he said, 
now. That meant bring me a glass of vodka. And everybody thought it was water. I knew it wasn't water because uh, he said one sip and uh, <laughs> pure. Well, my Lord, straight vodka with a few ice cubes. Uh, the only thing he didn't do was put a lemon in there to give it away. <laughs> But, my Lord, can you imagine, at 10 o'clock in the morning, and he just wow. kept at it all day. And he never, ever lost a line. He never tripped, skipped anything. You, you couldn't tell. And yeah. that's probably a good place to wrap it up, because that segs right into the uh, press conference. Okay, can I um, can I ask about dog years real quick? And, oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. Let, let me... Let me wrap it up with Dog Years. Okay. Uh, well, Dog Years, so, is, Dog Years is one of those films that uh, I didn't know uh, the director. I think, I don't know how many uh, pictures that he had done uh, at a risk of, but uh, very few. And he he was wonderful. I, I was crazy about him. I would work with him again in a second. Uh, Chevy Chase, I hadn't worked with before, but I've been a big fan. And uh, we had a ball. We had very little scenes together, but we broke each other up all the time. We'll work together again. Uh, Ariel was, you know, I I didn't like her at the beginning because I thought she was, you know, there's a lot of that. The cussing that young actresses do that they seem to think that's the thing to do. And I, she did for about three days until finally I took her around behind the barn and I said, Look, uh, honey, that, uh, that doesn't fly with me. And uh, you don't need to. You, you're too good an actress. Just stop it and watch how much better you are. And she said, Oh, well, I, I thought that was, yeah, I know that's what you thought. That's what somebody did, but they don't. So don't do it anymore, okay? <laughs> okay. And she stopped doing it, and she was she was wonderful. Uh, and she and she grew up on that picture. She went from a little girl to a grown-up actress, and she's uh, she's going to be great. Rifkin kind of wrote this role for you, did he not? Or is it, yes, is he that, did. Uh, yes. He said yeah. that uh, if he hadn't got me with the, the, the picture, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's sure a great line. <laughs> uh, and I love so, the producer. Did, did, doing this movie, because it's, it, it's very much, you know, mirroring your own, probably your own life these days, uh, uh, did, did it uh, get you thinking about the trajectory of your career and maybe... Uh, yes, it, it was that. It was... Too much like that. Uh, a lot of people uh, thought it was uh, totally that. It wasn't totally that, but it was closer than anything I've done, I think, uh, in terms of the ups and downs and stuff of, uh, that uh, the way I started. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I never thought that I'd still be around at this age and still working and and doing better work now than I have, I think, and and uh, so it was it was uh, uh, because of Adam and his and his script. Uh, I I think it's it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be around a long time. I hope. 
You know something? This is the exact spot where I proposed to my first wife. Great. And then everything went wrong. I had this little ring box, you know, and I, I was so excited when I opened it <laughs> that the ring went flying out right into the water. And naturally, I jumped in after it. I never found it. So I got a piece of seaweed and I made a ring out of it. Got down one knee, put it on her finger, and she just thought that was great. Anyhow, still said yes, and then we heard music coming from the dark. We danced right here. And then, well, we always talked about we'd come back here someday. But we never did. way and then I'll make, I'll make this my last question <clears throat> in your career can you tell me what the biggest source of pride is and also what's your biggest regret I, I thought that my biggest re- regret was going to be strip cheese uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it didn't turn out that way it, it didn't turn <laughs> out that way but I I uh, I, I still had, I mean, I, I had a terrible time getting through it. It just, uh, it was a hard picture to make for me. And uh, I didn't like breaking it. I wasn't crazy about anything, doing it or anything. But I did it, and I'm not sorry I did it now, I mean, because people talk about it in, in a nice way usually. Uh and the the best one uh, for me, I think, was starting over uh, mm. because it it was uh, again uh, very very much about me and uh, not that I've been in love with two women at the same time a lot, but I have, <laughs> and it was it was. Tough. You've had many and opportunities. Was, let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I never let an opportunity get by, uh, <laughs> but it was a a good good film. I was proud of it. It didn't get the kind of press that I thought it would, but it it's still uh, very uh, for people that have seen it, really seen it. They really liked it. Well, it's it's a great movie, and um, you know I know you have to go, but I will be seeing you this weekend at the at the film festival and. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'll be bringing my um, I'll be bringing my deliverance poster for you to sign, which is also signed <laughs> by Ned Beatty. <laughs> you oh, know, great, great! I, I met I met Ned back in '88 uh, in connection with another movie that you did called uh, um, uh, Switching Channels, and right. uh, he signed my poster. So I, I won't tell you how he signed it. I'll just wait wait to meet you and uh, and show it to you, and you'll you'll get a good good chuckle out of it but um i i uh i just can't tell you what a thrill this is you've been incredibly generous with your time 
and uh, the listeners are just going to adore it. And uh, I, I just can't tell you how much of uh, how much effect you've had on me as a movie lover. You I, know, I at the drive-ins when I was a kid, major, <laughs> major influence on me. Thank you. God bless you, and I can't wait to see you. All right, Sorry. so that was Burt Reynolds, an hour and a half with Burt Reynolds. Um, yeah. So I think that's I think that's the like the longest uh, conversation that's out there with Burt Reynolds. I mean, if you look on YouTube, there's like an hour long sit downs with him and that kind of thing. But uh, I think he went more um, he went longer with you than he does at Q and As and film festivals, and certainly more in depth about movies that are generally ignored. Um, mm. But I want to talk yeah. about, you know, I pulled, to promote this, to promote the show, like I pulled the clip from uh, where he talked about Boogie Nights. So let's start by talking about one of his most popular roles. <clears throat> and uh, I pulled it because I thought it was, uh, he engaged with the topic more than I've ever heard him do because usually he's very dismissive of it because of its subject matter. But, uh, mm. you, you got him to, to talk about, no, you know, he, it was a really great director and, and he said, I would work with him again. Um, and he, and, and my favorite part is when he talked about the craft of it, what he wanted to do with that character. Mm. Um, so, uh, that was particularly instructive. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, I saved uh, I saved the talk for Boogie Nights towards the end because I really wanted to. Uh, uh, I really wanted to keep a lot of this positive, and I know that uh, I know that his his uh, experience on that film was negative in terms of his own perception and also some some uh, things that happened on the set and so forth. So. You know, I kind of wanted to stay away from it, but it is. I would have kicked myself if I couldn't. Have, it didn't ask him a question about it because it is one of his greatest performances, uh, certainly his most lauded performance critically, and uh, it just seemed uh, impossible to to not bring it up. So, uh, so no, I had I, that's 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 the part that was smart that you waited till the end to do it because mm-hmm. I mean by that by that point he's warm to you and he knows where you're coming from. Uh, and and I think that's why he was willing to give more in his answer than he has in previous interviews. Mm-hmm. So good job, good job, Dean. <laughs> it was something that you know I just felt like, yeah, I, uh, you know, after, you know, it's funny. It was only going to be fifteen minutes long, you know, uh, this interview. And uh, when you're put into that position, what happens is, you know, uh, to me, I had. I had a page of questions, like maybe ten questions, and just the movies titles. So I didn't even have IMDb up in front of me. All of that stuff that you hear me talking about is coming right off the top of my head. Since it's only going to be fifteen minutes long, and then you know they said they're going to stretch it to maybe thirty, uh, so thirty gets eaten up pretty quick, and. Then I'm just sort of dancing as fast as I can. So if it feels like sometimes I'm rushing through it in terms of 
moving on to some, something else or whatever. It's because, because well, I don't know how much time we've got, and I'm trying to fit in just about everything, you know, at least touch on it, uh, everything that uh, I feel is part of this kind of little narrative that I've kind of put forward, uh, uh, at least in that part of his career. And we could easily do another hour and a half with him, too, because we didn't even touch on things like his TV career, which is, you know, massive. Uh, we didn't talk about, uh, you know, Breaking In, his movie with Bill Forsyth, or uh, we didn't talk about his early career in movies, uh, including White Lightning and, and uh, uh, you know, things like um, Sam Whiskey and, uh, and 100 Rifles. And uh, and we didn't go into some of his comedy work, like uh, uh, with Mel Brooks and Woody Allen. The opportunity to talk to him is basically like the opportunity to talk about uh, talk to the entire history of movies or the latter latter half of the 20th century in one person because you know this is a guy that started off in uh television and uh and he became friends with Spencer Tracy and they used to hang around and talk about uh, sports and and uh and and some acting uh and uh so I mean that's the kind of you know reach that he has, and you know it was it was overwhelming well, and, in some ways. Well, and he always he always befriended the uh, the classic movie stars too. I mean he was uh, really close to Betty Davis. He he went to the actor studio with Marilyn Marilyn Monroe. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so Hollywood he has Hollywood history. He's touched all of it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know so, uh, I mean, who was who was a Greta Greta Garb? Garbo uh, propositioned him one night. I, mean, I didn't on. know that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. When was her? I don't know what it was, but he said that uh, she, she needed a ride. So he said uh, he didn't, they were at a party and he didn't have a car, but he'd ride in a taxi with her. And she propositioned him and she, he, he didn't know who she was. And then she eventually told him, told him and he felt like an ass. And uh, he, he told that uh, story on a talk show, and he said a little bit later he got a uh, a letter from Gar- Greta Garbo that just said, "Yes, you were an ass <laughs> <laughs> for turning me down." Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, and, and his stories about Marilyn, and uh, it's, it's amazing. The the thing is, when you talk to Burt Reynolds, you, uh, anybody or somebody like that, you almost feel bad because he's known so many fascinating, interesting people that you end up talking about all those people and uh, you're like, all right, now I, I, you know, there's plenty to ask about you too, but my God, how could you not ask about all of these myriad of legends that he, he befriended over the years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, I guess that was, uh, you know, uh, part of, uh, I, w- I would say that would be a, something that uh, maybe I fell down on a little bit in terms of, uh, ask him about his his own process of uh, uh, of going, you know, of, of approaching a role and so forth. That uh, who knows? Maybe we can save that for a second interview or something. Who knows? Because uh, he really did. He did respond to me when <clears throat> when we were up at uh, you know I, I went to the Rome Film Festival for one day this weekend on Friday, and. Uh, it, uh, I attended the um, press conference with Bert's uh, 
So uh, we'll probably have uh, video footage of that once my friend Brian Matson gets around to uh, to to putting that up, uh, putting it together. Uh, but um, he was there as uh, as my cameraman, and so when we arrived at the uh, at the office of uh, V3, which is a publication that comes out of Rome, Georgia. Uh, where the uh, press conference was being held, Bert was already behind the the table, uh, you know, signing a few things for people. And uh, I sat down in the front row, and he looks up to me, and uh, he smiles and he- holds his hand out to me, and I said, "Hey, Bert, I'm Dean Treadway," and he says, "Oh no, I recognize you. I re- definitely recognize you." And uh, uh, he. Uh, apparently had uh, nothing but great things to say about the interview and talking to me uh to the PR person from the airport to the to Rome he was uh he was pretty much gushing over the interview and saying not only he said he said at the press conference he said this guy I I must have gone through my whole life story with this guy the other day uh you know and uh, he said he said you're absolutely one of the most educated interviewers I've ever encountered when that I mean that was uh, that's a blow away moment you know when somebody like him says something like that and uh I was dumbfounded by that and uh, I actually brought him a piece. You know, I do these movie uh, ad pieces uh, that are collages of 70s movie ads, and I brought him one uh, that uh, featured a lot of his movies. I didn't do an all-Burt one, I told him, because I, I could have easily done one, but uh, I thought it would be more interesting for him to see the work of other people that he, he had worked with. And, you know, basically it was kind of... It's a piece that kind of like encapsulates my childhood is what I told him. I said, I went to some of these movies uh, and uh, I really gave it to him because, you know, he like you said in the interview, he considers Georgia as good luck state. And these were all Georgia ads that uh, Georgia movie ads that that. Uh, featured some of his work. Well, he took a look at it and first he said, "This is amazing. You, you could you could just fall into this thing." He said, and then he looked at it first a little bit. He said, "said I hope Clint doesn't have more titles on here than I do." <laughs> <laughs> and I, said, <laughs> yeah. I said, "I said, well, that's kind of part of the fun of it, you know. You'll be able. It'll be a little competition, I guess." But uh I said I can see I can see at least seven on here that you've done so uh mentioned, so we'll see. But uh he he really enjoyed that and was uh, blown away by that. The mayor he gave a nice nice talk at the at the thing and um uh you know, covered some of the same ground that uh we covered in our interview and uh uh then the mayor came up and, and declared uh the tenth of November nineteen or two thousand seventeen to be Burt Reynolds Day and uh that was a big thrill for him and then uh then basically the thing was over but when it was over he he uh you know he signed a couple of my movie posters he signed uh uh the uh deliverance poster and was extremely amused by what Ned Beatty had written on the on my Deliverance poster so many years ago, back in 1988. He'd written Dean, 
watch out for them outdoor types. Know what I mean? Uh, Ned Beatty, and uh, that gave him a big, big chuckle. And uh, so he he signed that. He signed uh, uh, my uh, longest yard poster, which which he laughed when he uh, opened it up. He said, "Wow, I haven't seen this in a long time." And the longest yard poster has you know that big uh, photo of him, you know, taking his shirt off, you know, uh, and. Um, then uh then uh, the other two posters that I had were of uh that weren't weren't as uh you know urgent to be signed were uh were best friends which I love and uh and stick which is kind of half of a good movie but he signed the stick poster too so I've had that <laughs> and and that's it's still a neat poster it's a good Burt poster yeah after after all the signing was done at the um at, at Rome uh, he was taking outside a few more photos they have the trans am there they have a guy with a recreation of the uh of the smokey's car with the uh with the top cut off of it and he's you know so there's a perfect uh jackie gleason you know uh imitator over there and a, another burt imitator over there and uh so uh he's t- he's taking photographs and everything gets in the car um there's a long time you know getting things together there and uh so he he uh blew everybody a kiss and then uh looked at me and called me over uh to the car and said i i really want to thank you that was that was a great talk that we had and i said well i just want to thank you too you look you look fantastic and uh jesus let's do it again if you if you ever have any time and uh he said, "Yeah, that might be fun." So, uh, and uh, that was it. He gave me a little salute, and uh, that was it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, unbelievable. And that's yeah. so good that he was receptive to it, and and uh, I'm uh, uh, selfishly, I'm very glad that. Uh, we showed those publicists what morons they were for turning us down for 10 straight years. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Now, you know, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. And, you know, again, you know, I just have to say this. No one is more genuine than Bert is really seriously. No one. Uh, he is, uh, he is the real deal. He is so kind, so nice, so, uh, so giving, so, uh, just everything, everything that you think would have, might have been drummed out of him by this point. Every good aspect of him. That's it's that's completely, <laughs> you know, it's completely. It's still there, you know. He's well, he's, uh, he's, got, he's a he's good old boy. What are you gonna feel, say? <laughs> he's got he's got to feel the love too. I mean, wherever he goes, uh, it strikes me that he's probably always. always felt that because he's he's been like a people star you know he's not he's never felt like the out of reach uh you know hollywood snob he's never been that uh he's always been true to his roots and he's felt like one of the people people kind of claim him as his own as their own um so he but he's got to be loving um you know in this stage of his life that uh how how much people appreciate and, and love him for what he contributed you know 
And it's really nice too that he, I think he has a you know the one of the movies that he's here supporting besides the 40th anniversary of of uh, of Smoking the Bandit, which played on uh, the following night on Saturday night at the Rome Film Festival. Which, by the way, I will be talking about the Rome Film Festival a little bit more because I did see some good stuff there, but I'll wait until next week to do that. But. Uh, yeah. um, uh, he also on Sunday had the uh, the Georgia premiere. Uh, the real premiere happened in Tribeca, by the way, where he met uh, Robert De Niro for the first time. Uh, by the way, but um, his new movie premiered at Tribeca, but also played at Rome on Sunday. I missed the the Rome show, but I will get around to seeing it. Uh, but the new movie is called Dog Years. Uh, and uh, it's by uh, writer-director Adam Rifkin, and uh, it was written specifically for birds. We talked about it on the show. But um, uh, also I wanted to mention, too, that one of our good friends of the, of the show is the composer of the score, Austin Wintory. Uh, oh, so cool. so he's, uh, you know, he's a really good friend of our show. And uh, and he's uh, he's a member of the music writing team that also includes uh, Diane Warren, who wrote a song for the film that's sung by uh, Willie Nelson, co-starring with uh, with Bert in this movie. Besides, you know, a newcomer Eileen Page is uh, uh, Chevy Chase. Um, so we didn't get to talk too much about that, but. I, I would I would ask if I were to ask him a question about it, I would be like, "So did you compare notes on back pain and, and so forth?" Because yeah, you really? guys have definitely taken share something there. But um, uh, also in the movie is L.R. Coltrane, the uh, kid from uh, from uh, uh, Boyhood, is oh, wow. also oh, in the okay. film. Right. <laughs> Jerry, what is your uh, favorite Burt Reynolds film and favorite? Burt Reynolds' performance. And maybe it's the same. I mean, what, 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 they all have the same. I, I think um, I would have to say Hooper. Hooper, hands down. Uh, I, I saw it many times in the theater, but I, I just think I think it took everything that was so great about Smoking the Bandit and all those other movies and put it into a real... Well, not just, Smoking the Bandit is a really funny, funny movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. That first movie is hysterical. Um, but Hooper, at the time, I thought... Until SOB came out, was probably the, one of the best movies made about Hollywood, uh, and, mm. and the stuntman. I mean, notice the best movies about Hollywood. The two best movies are about stuntmen, about the stunt industry, really. The stuntman and Hooper, I think, are still two of the finest movies made about the movie business. Um, but no, I mean, Hooper is just hysterical, um, mm. and a lot of great Brian Keith, Sally Field, and like you said, it's that it's it's the goal, that's his golden age. That's when you can honestly say, growing up, who's your favorite actor? Chances are it was Burt Reynolds. Um, you know? I mean, yeah. He was, he was in everything. The End, um, Gator, all those movies. I mean, he was a really, really good actor. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I'd have to go with Hooper. I mean, obviously, Boogie Nights is one of the later the later performances. I don't know if there's other films. I know there are a lot of attempts at comebacks before that strip tease and that sort of thing, but... Um, I would have to go with Hooper. Um, let's see, Starting Over is another one that I think is fantastic. I love that movie mm. a lot, too. But yeah. Hooper would be my all-time favorite, though. I'd have to go with that. 
Yeah. I don't know. The best movie is probably, for me, still one of the earliest ones in Deliverance. I mean, that movie really loses none of its power. Uh, even even when you know the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the yeah. big uh, controversial yes. period of the century. I mean, there's just, it just does not lose any of its haunting power. And uh, Burt Reynolds is like the essential uh, machismo in the movie. And and I like how, like they did with a lot of 70s films, how they inverted things, where the Burt Reynolds character is going to keep you safe. You're pretty secure with him. But then he's taking it out of commission. And now it falls on, uh, you know, a real winkling, uh, weakling, supposedly, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to save right. the day, John, John Voight. Um and I, it's just a it's just a haunting haunting movie. I'd love to talk to Borman about that movie, but um, and then, you know performance wise, uh, I like so many of his of his movies and his performances. There's a scene mm-hmm. when you guys were talking about best friends. There's a scene towards the end of that where Goldie Hawn breaks down when they're fighting towards the end, and I I honestly think it's one of the most heartbreaking pieces of acting that she's ever done. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm with you on on saying you know that that the Deliverance is the is is the greatest movie. Uh, it's it's the one. Uh, but for me, the comfort movies will always be uh, things like uh, Starting Over, Best Friends, and The End. You know those those oh, yeah. right. those. Those three, uh, there's just something about those that uh, I guess because I guess because you know I, I love that period uh, of uh, you know of when I first got HBO and everything and uh, catching mm-hmm. some of these movies for the first time, like The End, mm-hmm. for instance. I think I caught for the first time on HBO, and uh, I just love the feeling of uh, watching those movies that I remember from that period because it, it just makes me feel all cozy and everything. And um, and so uh, so those three movies in particular, I remember uh, catching a lot on cable uh, and uh, and just never tiring of them. You know, I mean, no matter no matter where I came into them or if I kept catching them at, at the very end or watching them from the very beginning. I stayed all the way to the end always, uh mm-hmm. for those for those three in particular. Uh and Sharky's fishing too, you know, uh oh, that's a kind terrible. of that's a fun, that's a comfort. Wouldn't you say that's a comfort movie or something? Yes. Strange? I'm it's definitely in that in that ballpark. So those those are the ones that I wanted to focus on and uh, you know, oh. those and, and the things around that period. You you even brought up switching channels. So I mean this was uh, Yes, wow. a comprehensive interview. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right yeah. so we will uh we'll come back next week to talk about the movies that we've seen and then the weekend after will be adam's blu-ray yes okay all right. all right well thanks a lot guys and thanks everybody for listening and uh bird if you're out there i miss you and uh let's talk again I'm 
shackled only by freedom. You wear no man's chain. Some say they despise you. Well, maybe they do. But deep down inside them, I bet they wish they were you. Bandit, you're reckless And you live much too hard Bandit, you're the joker In the deal of the cause You're a legend to the old man A hero to the child Call you the band. 